Hi everyone, welcome. Thanks for coming and listening along to the Wellness That Works podcast from WW. I'm Jace, and a bit of a switcheroo being played today because poor old Pip has the second dose of COVID in the last couple of months, so she's not feeling so great. So we have a fabulous stand-in host who had less than 24 hours notice. So Libby, good morning, welcome, and thank you so much for saving the day. And a very good morning to you, and you're very welcome, Jason. It's lovely to be here. Oh, it's great to have you here. I think um, Pip decided it was best that I wasn't left unsupervised. So uh, (laughs) she knows you very well, Jason. (laughs) Your own devices would have been wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, Lib, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's do a little intro to the to the lovely listeners. Oh, thank you. So I have worked at WW now for a couple of years and started with working in partnerships and now have the pleasure of working in the retention team and leading on loyalty and all the other wonderful initiatives that we have in order to make our members smile as much as we can. And very, very lucky to be part of this world. My kind of passion, I suppose, in life is all about health and well-being. I'm a little bit of a Duracell bunny. I like to be active and bouncing around as much as I can. Um, so, you know, I've worked with people and as a performance coach for years, find people fascinating. Um, my love is the ocean and surfing um, and anything essentially that makes me look up into the sky and see some blue, blueness and some sunshine and, you know, everything that's good in the world. So, yeah, so I'm very I'm a very lucky girl to work for WW. And we're very lucky to work with you. You are a a little ray of sunshine in yourself. No, thank you. uh, So so you you mentioned um, the ocean, loving the ocean. I'm I'm with you on that one. I I must admit, I don't enjoy going in the ocean. A little bit cold for my liking, generally, (laughs) unless you're somewhere very, very nice. Uh, I did have the the pleasure of going to the Maldives once on honeymoon. That was just fantastic. But yeah, my normal haunt is more like Bournemouth with an ice cream and a flake on a cold February, February morning, but it is necessary to have an ice cream at the beach. That's part of the rules. Well, it's slightly rude not to, isn't it? It's the obligatory exactly. thing. And also, I think wherever you are in the world, you should do that. Do you know, I actually went to the Maldives once. Isn't it the most beautiful place ever in the world? Oh, it's just staggering. I mean, it was seven years ago now. Uh, and I've not been anywhere as nice before or since. I don't expect to be anywhere nicer than that because it's just perfect. Yeah. It was, um, and there's one one night in particular that sticks in my head. And I'm a I'm a, I'm a I'm a big nerd between you and me and all the thousands of people listening to this. Love a bit of space. Love a bit of sci-fi, Star Trek, that kind of thing. And my wife and I sat on the beach at night, and the sky was completely dark, and we saw the Milky Way rising up across the top of the sky. And it was just the most humbling and spectacular and beautiful and brilliant thing I've ever seen in my life. So Yeah, do you know, actually, I, I had a sort of similar experience. And it is, it's one of those times I think I was also sort of lying on the beach at night. And you raise your hand up and you actually feel as though you can touch the stars. They're so, so much bigger and so much brighter than anything. And it's one of those things that I think if I could as I do often try and advise my teenage girls on sort of things in life that I think really do broaden your horizon. Literally, I would say that that is one of the experiences that everybody 
should should do they should have in their world at some point it's magical i couldn't agree more it just blows my mind to see a million stars that you can fit under your thumbnail and the yeah. In actual fact, we we had an amazing time because not only were we looking up and trying to touch the the carpet of stars but also we realized that it looked like the sand was moving and we looked down and actually it was the whole beach was full of these tiny little crabs i mean thousands of these things so again it was kind of almost like you were suspended in between this beautiful carpet of stars and then this moving beach beneath your feet and we had to sort of dance between between all these crabs to get back to the chalet at the time but but as i say it's you know i think it's good for us in life to be able to kind of um reach out metaphorically and physically um and even kind of dance amongst things that you think are dangerous but actually get to a point of safety so i think there's kind of a learning that that we can take around just experiences like that in the world so i know i'm excited for my girls to sort of head out and, and start start touching the sky in their own worlds and in, in their own ways and that's that's something that has really hit me in the last year because i've spoken before that i have a one-year-old little boy um and Doing, doing things for the first time with him. Went down a water slide with him for the first time last week, which he loved and I loved. I'm not sure who loved it more. But being able to be excited for all those things that they're going to experience, that they've got to come, all the things you've loved that you can help them on their journey with, is, is that's a privilege, I think. It is, absolutely. And I think I remember a lot of people when I sort of had, had my girls young and and they were saying, well, don't try and lead, lead your or live your life through them. And I think it's not something I do, but but I'm also, I think it's our role as a parent to, if we have had incredible experiences, as we've just been talking about, to be able to share them and to say, look, these were magical for us. They might not be as magical for you, but they are ones that you should try. Even as simple as sliding down a slide or touching the sky, whatever it is, it's our role to try and, you know, broaden their knowledge and education of, of how many things that we have got at our fingertips, you know, on this planet, you know, because we miss them sometimes, don't we? Mm. We miss kind of the, the obvious beauty of what's inside or right, in, you know, in front of us. I mean, you look, we're recording today and the sky is blue and it's beautiful and it's crisp and icy and you know i mean there is so much to love you don't have to go to the maldives to to find the beauty around us oh absolutely i'm I'm lucky enough to have quite a nice view out of my window that i'm sat in front of right now and i take it for granted and there's a there's a beautiful tree in my next door neighbor's garden hi mary if you're listening she's probably not um that's just bursting into leaf and that's lovely and there's red kites flying around and i'm on the side of a hill so they sometimes swoop down and they're actually below the level of my window. So I get to see these huge wings just swooping around. And yeah, it's easy to sit here because I see 10, 15 of them a day just becomes wallpaper. But yeah, it's important not to let it become wallpaper. So Jason, if you could choose to be uh, any animal, Ooh. what animal would you be? Hmm, that is an excellent question. I think maybe something like that because a, a, a big bird of prey something like that because the, the freedom to, to swoop around and to fly or something like a dolphin maybe because then you can swoop around and fly just underwater 
yeah, I guess, lovely. just swooping and flying, I think, generally, whether it's in the air or in the water, I'm easy. easy and does the, does, the, does the idea of being able to fly excite you because you can go and, and sort of see so many places from above or is it just the, the feeling of the wind in, in your face and sort of the ability to be high up? That's a good question. I think it's more the, the, the swooping and the, the act of wind in what's left of my hair and the swooping and the flying because I'm, I'm, I'm a speed freak as well. I love cars. I love driving. I've spoken about my go-karting before. And uh, two weeks ago, I went on a track day and that was that was roof down, albeit helmet on. But the, the feeling of the wind rushing around you and diving around this track, that really got me buzzing. And that's 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 interesting, isn't it? The way that actually, because you like you say, your love is getting in doing something fast. So of course you're going to choose something like a bird because mm. it's going to replicate that and give you even more ability. So, yeah, I think I, it's a, it is a really interesting question, isn't it? It kind of you know I'm sitting here listening to you and thinking at the same time, I wonder what I'd want to be. Mm. And actually, I don't know because I'd. I think the idea of flying is beautiful, but then I'm absolutely terrified of heights. <laughs> not ideal for you. It's not ideal. I mean, I, honestly, I struggle to get on a chair to change a light bulb. So, you know, would I like that? I, I kind of like the idea of being an elephant because oh. they they mate for life. Their family is so important. You know, they're this big, strong, reliable, you know, mechanism. And everybody you know, sort of admires them for what they are. And, you know, they stay with their dead. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going in, in that direction. But <laughs> yeah, don't make it weird. They're, 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 they're absolute faithfulness and kindness, I think, for me, is, is kind of what would resonate if I were to, to be some sort of animal. So, Jason, if you were a vegetable, what vegetable would you <laughs> <laughs> if I were a vegetable, um, oh, I, honestly, I'm not a big vegetable fan. Um, oh, does a potato class? Yeah, because a potato be. is versatile and delicious, and <laughs> there is no bad form of potato. <laughs> I challenge you here and now to find me a bad type of potato. Only a rotten one, but I absolutely wholeheartedly agree. And also there's many things that you can that you can do with a potato. So I think that's a great choice. What about you? Are you a nice wholesome leaf of kale or something like that? Do you know I think I'd be a cheeky bit of spinach? Ooh. Because, you know, again you quite, under pressure. Quite <laughs> Do you know do you know actually you know me too well, Jason? Um yeah, no, I I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? Again, because you know I'm I follow a vegan diet and has have done for a couple of years. So all of these things are quite interesting for me mm. in terms of actually kind of you know what you can do with these vegetables. And I'm always looking for fresh ways of making up new meals and new stir fries because I have to admit I am not a cook. I I really <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm honestly I'm terrible. I have to follow a recipe, otherwise it just becomes the same meal every day. So yeah, I mean vegetables, I look at vegetables and think, right, I'm gonna buy those, bring them home, and then keep looking at them, thinking I just don't know what to do with them. Mm. Well, 
you've got thousands of recipes at your fingertips in the WW app, little plug there, and you can filter by vegetarian and vegan as well. And you know, I have started doing that. And also the what's in my fridge, I find is just a lifesaver because mm -hmm. honestly, the, the weirdness of what's in my fridge is, it's almost, it's almost, it's almost funny because, you know, none of it makes sense, but actually it has saved my life. Um, I invested, interestingly enough, about 14 years ago, I invested in the most wonderful thing. It doesn't require batteries or plugging in or anything. <laughs> but I had to work on it for about six years. And then it started performing really well in the kitchen. And since then, it has moved on to being the one thing that feeds myself and, and the two other people in this house. I'm really intrigued as to what this is going to have to be. It is, da, 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 it's my youngest daughter. <laughs> and honestly, she has got, my mother even says, where did she come from? Because she was born with this natural talent to be able to cook she was interviewed for the junior bake-off so her love started in baking but she i honestly no word of a lie every weekend she sits me down she works out what we're going to eat what all the meal plans are for the week um what ingredients we need she writes me a shopping list she is the best investment ever in terms of actually ensuring that we all eat in this house. You know, I mean, goal setting, honestly, if if it's a case of tracking your food and setting some goals for the week, she was born, it's in her DNA and, and it's magical. It's life-saving and I owe a lot to her and so does her sister. All right, but you've set her up as well for a, a healthy, balanced life by doing that, haven't you? Given, you've given her the skills that she yeah. needs. Yeah, absolutely. herself and her family if, when the time comes. Yeah, and she's just in that. And what's quite interesting is that, listen, we all have skills that, that rest in different areas, don't we? And her mm -hmm. sister is, elder sister, who's about to turn 18, is is not. She's like me. You know, she'll kind of eat to, to function as opposed to the other way around. But actually, the, the, the transference of skills from her younger sister and vice versa is fascinating to watch. Because I also, you know, in my old age, I watch my daughter who is about to turn 15 and I am in awe of her way of organising her whole week for something that she's passionate about, something that she knows is important. She always tries to think of new recipes and new ideas, that kind of idea. Whereas her elder sister, who is just about to do her A-levels, works out sits and plans her whole week in terms of her gym visits and her study and her and, and the job she does so she works at our local gym so they both work in really different ways but doing the same thing so they're using that mechanic of understanding that to sit there at one point during your week and plan what's going to happen as much as you can actually the benefit of doing that is enormous and I don't know if it's something that they have organically learned or perhaps it's something that subconsciously I do as a as a mum. It's just been the three of us for quite a long time. But it's I learn from them as well. 
you know, it helps me in terms of kind of sorting out my week. So do you, do you, do you recognize that? Is that something that you guys do at home? Do you think that works for you? I'm just, well, I'm just, I'm just thinking actually how interesting it is that you've got two daughters relatively close in age, brought up in much the same way, who have such different but related skills, such different focuses but related skills. I'm really fascinated by by that within families and how how two kids can grow up in very different ways. My brother and I are very similar in some ways but quite different in others. Um, I'm much better looking, for example. Hi, Gav. Um, I, yeah, I just think it's such a it's such a strange, strange but fascinating thing because the parallels are definitely there, aren't they? But the interests are different. Yeah, and it's passions, isn't it? And I think what I what I have realised as a mum, listen, we don't have all the answers, do we, as parents? And all you can do, I've always believed that I wanted to have really good manners instilled in them, and then I wanted to watch the people that they were and help them grow and be comfortable in their own skin. And what's it incredible, you know, listen, we are, you, you and I are in the business of wellness. And what fascinates me with their age is hearing the conversations that go on with their friends who all come around to the house about what health and well-being is to them. And what's fascinating is that as a bunch of, you know, eight or 10, 18 year olds, all of them go to the gym, but all of them talk about the importance of being strong and healthy. Not one of them talk about being skinny. Not one of them weighs themselves, for instance, at their age or is obsessed with their weight. They are all about, let's go, let's train, let's have a really good time. Let's do it as a social mechanism, but let's also get strong and let's get healthy. Mm. And I... I find it fascinating because I think the world, you know, maybe 10 years ago was going through this kind of obsession with being thin. And I don't hear it at all in their generation, which for me is incredibly comforting. Because as we know, this is about, you know, it's about solidity and consistency of eating what you love, being healthy, exercising and feeling feeling good in your skin however that looks oh, and that oh. is celebrated so much with what they do you know that they, they don't sit there and go come on let's go out and drink as much as we can they don't they say let's get in the car and go for a drive and let's go and drive up this hill or whatever and we'll sit we'll take turns to roll down it or whatever it may be but it involves something active and fun you know it's 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 great the world is for them, I think a really interesting place. And I hope that's indicative of, of the generation in general and the time we're in in general, that there is this focus on health and, and all round wellness and well-being rather than just the size of your trousers. Because that's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's what we do at WW, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. The food program is a huge part of what we do, but activity, mindset, being healthy in your own, in yourself, in your own mind as well all just ties in together yeah and i think the importance listen you know we all have our challenges don't we and one for me massively is just about mindset and i think you know when i found being active and going to the gym in my early 20s um it, it just changes my whole perception of my world it's my equivalent at 6 30 every morning 
of reaching up and touching the sky, the stars, like we were talking about at the beginning of this chat, because it's it it gives me the same feeling. I I can I can walk out of the gym at quarter to eight, having done an hour and a quarter of something that makes me feel good. And this isn't about perfection. This is just about framing my day. I mean, honestly, Jace, you'd laugh because, listen, let's face it. You know, the world is tough at the moment. We're tired, etc. We work really hard. But I have to sometimes take my, my gym kit out um, of the drawer the night before. I physically put it on the floor where my feet go by my bed. <laughs> I put it in the shape of a face. So I have my sports bra and t-shirt as one eye each. I then take my leggings and I make them into a big smile. I'll then take my trainers and they will become an ear on either side. And so when I wake up in the morning, and I literally turn my head to the right and I look at my floor. Not only do I have a big smiley face there, but uh, what I've done is kind of humanized my gym kit. My gym kit is there smiling at me going, put me on, come on. So I then think, well, I kind of owe it to my gym kit to get it on my body. And the minute I swing my legs out of bed, my feet touch the carpet, I then think, yeah, I want to do this. And it's the beginning of my day. So, you know, I put my gym kit on. I think I've achieved something. The first thing in my day, I it was a goal and I've hit that goal. And yeah, I mean, this is, it's small, it's small things. This is what works for me. Different things for different people. But it's, it's a good thing. I think all of us need to find a good thing in our world to start to frame our day and you do an equivalent at the end of the day. Absolutely. That's probably the most wholesome thing I've ever heard. But it's but but you're absolutely right. It's so easy to roll over in the morning and grab your phone and see what's happened on Instagram since you went to bed six hours ago and usually nothing. Yeah, and also, you know, that's about everyone else's lives, isn't it? You know, oh, what we are we are so important. I think we miss this. You know, if we're not kind to ourselves, then we can't ask the universe to be kind back to us. So actually, you know, if you start your day, which it's, it, this isn't a selfish thing, this is just about saying, you know, you're, you're worth it. So do something for you. And then after a couple of hours, then look at Instagram or whatever it is you want to do, then start inviting into the world because, because you're ready for it. You know, so it's kind of, it's a good place to start, I think. I'm, I'm really enjoying it at the moment. Well, I say I'm really enjoying it. I'm not enjoying the early mornings, but I'm enjoying taking my son to childcare. So I take mm-hmm. him Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And um, that little trip, the two of us in the car for 20 minutes and I chat away to him. He has no idea what I'm talking about, but we have a nice chat. And then on the way back, I, it's really weird. I find myself chatting to myself because I've had that time with him in the car. I'm still chatting away once I've dropped him off. But that's... I really like it. It's just a nice, quiet start to the day where I can plod along. Maybe the radio's on, maybe it's not. Having a little word with myself, getting ready for it. And and it's so much better than rolling out of bed and rolling straight to my desk in the back bedroom. Yeah, it is. And do you, do you kind of say anything particular to yourself in the mornings or is it is it gen, general chatter? Or do It's you have... general chatter. It's, it's generally absolute nonsense. Sometimes it will be what am I doing at work today? Sometimes it will be 
what's coming up at the weekend. It's usually about what's what's going to happen, what's coming up. And when I'm talking to Harry in the car, it's about what he's going to be doing today. So today he's at Nana and Grandad's and uh, he'll probably go on the swing in the back garden and he'll play with Cassie the dog. Um, and then, yeah, it's kind of the same conversation with myself. But that's nice, isn't it? Because then what you're doing is bringing to the forefront of your mind things that, you know, either you're slightly worried about for the day, but probably it's things you're going to look forward to. Mm. Even if, even if it's the end of the day when you're thinking, right, what's on Netflix or having, you know, date night or whatever, or seeing Harry at the end of the day or yeah. something like that. You know, again, it's it's not the same for any of us, is it? But actually, we, it's important that we all have a certain thing in our day that we think, oh, that's cool. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it wouldn't be a Wellness That Works podcast without talking about pizza. So part of the conversation this morning was that my wife is out tonight. So it was payday yesterday. So I'm treating myself to a pizza tonight. So I was planning what pizza I'm having. And what have you rested on? Well, Libby, how long have we got left? Another 10 minutes? <laughs> uh, there's, there's a... A lo little local place that does really nice thin stone baked pizzas. So I'm having one of theirs and it'll probably have some crispy prosciutto or something like that. Maybe some chili on it. Oh, like gosh, a bit I of zing on my pizza. Oh, I love chili. Now, so um, I, I'm slightly surprised with the fact that with your love of potatoes, <laughs> have you heard of a pizza where you can have roast potatoes on it? Because this is a thing. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Is that not what? just double carbs? Yeah, but you're not eating, you're not aware of the carbs. You're not thinking about the carbs. Are you thinking about the pleasure that the whole pizza experience is going to give you? So to add a couple of cheeky potatoes to it, surely, as something different, Jace, just to sort of rock it up a little okay. bit, you could step outside your comfort zone and invite a cheeky couple of potatoes to lie on your pizza, and then you'll know whether you're loving it or not. I'm going to try that. I'm going to yeah. you make a good point about comfort zones. I'm going to try that. So next time Pip gets COVID, because it seems to be a regular thing for her now, and you come back, we'll have a chat about how the roast potato pizza went. That's if I'm alive back. <laughs> well, you haven't said anything that producer Sarah's had to beep out quite yet. I know, I know. I have been on best behaviour today, but it is Friday and it's difficult, and it, you know. So I'm it sitting is. on my hands and my tongue. Well, I tell you what, before we say anything that gets ourselves into trouble, um, I have a game planned. Great. Marvin, I love a game. Yeah. So, um, and, and there'll be some audience participation. So feel, feel free to play along at home as well. And um, we're going to let producer Sarah out of her production dungeon for this one. So she's going to come off mute. And uh, I'll try not to rustle the piece of paper because I know what a nightmare that is for you to try and edit out. Uh, so what we're going to play is... WW related, obviously, the most tracked foods in WW this year so far. And I've got the exact numbers. And just so you know, the most tracked food has 1.4 million trackings this year so far. What I'm going to do is I'm going to share one of the top 15 foods. And then it's up to you two to decide with the next one, is it higher or lower? A bit like play your cards right, but without Bruce Forsyth, because that would be logistically difficult these days. Bless him. <laughs> Do we get a Brucey bonus for this? You yeah. do get scores. So if you get it right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, you do not get a point. And I'll keep track of the scores very quietly on my piece of paper, Sarah. Lovely. So let's launch with 
the eighth most tracked food in WWUK this year is porridge oats. Okay. So, carrots, higher or lower? Lower. I'm going to say lower. Carrots are lower. You both get a point. Yeah. So, so two points. One, one point each. Carrots are number 10 on the list. Porridge oats had 558,000 trackings. And carrots, just 470,000. I'm kind of surprised by that one. I love carrots. Do you know, I actually, I'm even shaped like a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> For me, carrots go in everything though. Every time I do a, a slow cooker or a, a batch cook or something, grate some carrots, chuck them in, bulk them out a bit. It's a cheeky hidden vegetable. Yeah, I have to say I love them with hummus. Oh yeah, nice. Crunchy. Yeah, see, I go for bread with hummus. Oh, Ooh. bread with everything, to be fair. <laughs> so, carrots were at number 10. Let's go with... I think it's going to be an easy one. Eggs. Whole, raw eggs. I'd say higher. I would say higher. And you would both be right. They are at number four. Yeah. <laughs> and they have been tracked 608,000 times. Wow. Cherry tomatoes. Oh. Mm. Well, are we doing higher or lower than the eggs egg? at number four? Well, I'm going to go lower. Yeah, I want to say lower, but I have a feeling that it might be a red herring. You might be throwing us off, Jace. Well, rather than a red tomato. Rather than a red tomato, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna so so Libby's gone lower. Sarah, you need to commit. Oh I'm gonna risk it and say higher. It was a red herring. They are higher. They're at number three. Cheeky, congrats, Sarah. Six hundred and sixty-three thousand cherry tomatoes have been tracked. Well, portions of cherry tomatoes. That's millions of cherry tomatoes. Wow, gosh. What about, uh, let's go with lettuce. Oh, I lower. Lower than number three. Yeah, you're both right on that one. Lettuce is just number 14. Oh. And last but not least, cucumber. Oh. Mm. I'm going to say higher. Higher than lettuce, right? That's what we're doing. Higher than lettuce. Yeah. Or lower than lettuce. I'm gonna Oh, that's such a tricky one because it's just water, isn't it? I'm gonna I'm gonna say lower. I'm gonna go off piece. Libby, you have been crushed in this. Oh crushed. No. Cucumber at number nine. I'm really surprised. I'm I'm shocked that cucumber comes in higher than lettuce. Well, thank you. Exactly, that was where my mind was. Sarah, I'm I'm in awe of you. Congratulations. Sarah wins. <laughs> Five points to Sarah, three points to Libby. Oh, the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and we're a little bit over time, but let's just have a really quick go at um, tracked restaurants. So I've got the top 11 tracked restaurants in the UK as well. So uh, let's start with at number five, and a bit of a shocker at number five is the Toby Carvery. Oh, hello. Well, I've got to say that's... Ooh. Well, it's not high or low because I've only told you one. Oh, I see. Sorry. 
46,000 trackings. So Nando's higher or lower than Toby Carvery? Oh, higher. Yeah, higher. Big shocks. It's much lower. It's at number eight. 31,000. That is quite shocking. Yeah, I'm really shocked by this. This is a this is a weird list. So we've got Nando's at eight, Subway. Oh, higher. Higher. Yeah, Subway's a lot higher. Subway's at number four with 50,000 trackings. Costa. Oh, I tell you what, I'm going to swerve this one. Costa or McDonald's, which is higher? And I'll give you a clue. They are super close. There's a whisker in it. Uh, I'd say McDonald's has got to be higher. I'd go McDonald's as well. It's Costa. Oh, but really? Costa, 144,000 trackings. McDonald's, 141,000. There is not a lot in that. And the next one down is Greg's at 67. So clearly, we love a Costa and a McDonald's in the UK. Well, we do, though, don't we? We all do. Who doesn't? Yeah, exactly that. Drove past a billboard for McDonald's on my way to my parents' house this morning. I am inches away from ordering it for lunch. <laughs> but I can't because I'm having pizza tonight. Well, there you can't. Step away and do it some point next week. Oh. Well, on that note, I think we're pretty much at time. So um, it just remains for me to say, Libby, thank you so much for joining us today. You've been amazing as always. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been absolutely brilliant. And I obviously, you know, huge well wishes to Pip for her return. Oh, thank um, you. But, you know, it's it's been great. Thanks, Jace. No, thank you. Thank you. I'm sure Pip will be back next time. She is on the mend, just not feeling quite there yet. So um, next time we'll be discussing our 100 miles in March challenge. Today is the 1st of April, but it didn't feel free to, it didn't feel fair to, um, to, to, do the scores without her here um so yeah thank you all so much for listening it's been great to be chatting away and we'll speak to you very soon bye